It's Thursday the 4th of February. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee who is fading away. I tell you what, I've seen more fat on a chip than you. You've really hit February hard, my friend. Mate, I'm not sure about that just yet. But, uh, <laughs> well, you're heading in the right direction. That's right, mate. Yeah, it's not going up anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's doing Feb fast, the great man. Oh, we've got a big show on the way. Uh, Michael Klinger. Now, Michael Klinger, of course, uh, a really top-class, first-class cricketer and now a coach. He's coming to New South Wales. We're going to talk to Hitaf Rashid, Roger Rashid's sister, who actually runs all the events in South Australia. Big news after the Festival of Cycling and, of course, the day in the drive last week. And Colin Scotts, our former NFL player, is going to join us as well. Let's get going. Well, Shane Lee, uh, it looks like the Dragons have listened to your every word. They've backed away from the whole Israel Folau uh, contract. They have, mate, overnight, uh, saying that they've withdrawn from a two-year contract option for a million dollars. So uh, I'm going to still be supporting the Dragons this year, which which is good. I think I think it goes a lot to say that the power of the people. And um, yeah, he really brought out some raw emotion with potentially coming back to the game of the NRL. But I think they're looking at the bigger picture here and um, maybe there's a little bit too much water under the bridge for him to return. I, I honestly believe that one of the clubs will, will pick him up. I, I, I think that's going to happen. They're, they're showing the signs, the NRL, that they're saying everything will be treated on its merits. So let's just watch this space. But uh, as you say, look, uh, you know, the pressure that must have been mounting in the corridors mm. of uh, both Cogra and Wollongong when they heard you were going to turn your back on them <laughs> must have been enough. Well, it's, it's funny, mate. I'm, I'm catching up uh, for lunch with Lee today. I'm catching up with Brad Fittler, who was quite outspoken too overnight, saying that um, you know, he doesn't read any of the social media stuff. But uh, as a player, um, and I agree with this, he, he's a fantastic player. And he reckons if Flower did come back, he would have an immediate impact. But um, I'll speak to Freddie more about that today. But, uh, yep, he's definitely not coming to the Dragons. So the red and white will be uh, Israel-free. Alrighty, now let's move on to the next topic. Nick Kyrgios, it's happened uh, last night. So much promise. Jaslyn Hewitt, her brother Leighton, so many in the tennis world said, look, he's had the year off. He's going to be fantastic. And look, maybe what happened last night isn't the end of the world, but he lost his temper, sledged an umpire, called him a smart I don't know. Uh, it, it, it does make me wonder. Look, mate, maybe he's just doing Feb fast and he's just angry as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Look, um, look, Nick, is um, he still won the match. Um, yep, is it the old Nick? I don't know. I, I think he's really passionate. It, it is a bit of a unique situation here. Um, he was called for a code violation for, for taking too much time, but there are different rules around COVID with towels and, um, and he – but, yeah, he's – you got to you got to be careful. There are will be a lot of kids watching the Australian Open and um, having a go at the umpires. Not a great example. So let's hope that was a one off for Nick and um, he focuses on the the challenge at hand, which is playing really really good tennis. Well, that's part of the problem, isn't it? It's undermining the official's role. Like if you get upset with an official, if you get upset with something that goes wrong in your life, it's the manner in which you handle it. Sometime. Uh, it's more the perception and it's the way that he speaks to the umpire, like calling him a smart A or, or saying you're just here to keep it in line. And it really 
demeans, undermines them. And and that, to me, is is what I see his biggest problem is. Well, it, it undermines parenting as well. I think if you, if you look at the cricket, um, it's allowed now to – you're allowed to challenge the umpire's decision every time. And, and as a parent, you really don't want your kids challenging every <laughs> every bit of discipline you put their way. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's not great. It's, it's not a great look. And um, But, you know, um, I think he brings a lot of uh, – eyeballs to the game of tennis as um, another guy who used to blow up quite a bit too in John McEnroe. So, but yeah, not a great example for the kids, but great tennis to watch. Yeah, well, on that subject, we've got Paul Wilson who umpired the test series here. He's coming on afternoon sport tomorrow. Uh, I'll be intrigued to ask him a few questions, particularly about the Tim Payne. Imagine if uh, and, and, and they do this without actually um, uh, drawing the square in the sky, don't they, when you say to the kids, okay, it's time to go to bed. And I, I'm just waiting one day. It's like, hang on, let's yeah. go upstairs on that one. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's check this out. Can we, can we get can we get hot spot on whether or not I should be going to bed? Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, that's not far away. I can almost guarantee. All right, now, now cricket, um, interesting to see Abbott come out defending Justin Langer, saying that it's passion. There seems to be a divide, doesn't there, in this dressing room, in the Australian test dressing room, with those that are Langer people and those that aren't. Well, speaking of hotspots, yes. Um, but what, what can Sean Abbott do? He hasn't played a test yet. He's been sitting on the bench for the whole Indian series. He was selected to go to South Africa, which has now been cancelled. Of course, he's got to support Justin Langer. Um, he'd be crazy not to. <laughs> if he if he steps out of line and says he doesn't support Justin, well, he won't be part of that Australian makeup for very long. Look, I think Justin Langer is is passionate. I, I think the fact that he cares and that's his job, and he should do too. And um, I just think uh, we're all getting a little bit too soft if some um, someone can't handle someone saying, "Don't bring out a toasted sandwich onto the field." It might have been a nice toasted sandwich, Tim. <laughs> Could have been. You would you'd love it at the moment after your three days of fasting. Uh, what, what did you What did you think of Michael Clark uh, when he came out on uh, the Big Sports Breakfast and and said that whoever has had a crack at Justin Langer, their name should be out there, sort of named and shamed kind of thing. Well, if that's the case, but is there anything really coming from the change room, or is it just the perception of the media and and looking in? I think it's more that I I don't think anyone would be grumbling in the change room. Um, or trying to leak things to the press because they'd be crazy to do that and they will be found out straight away. And, and we've seen that. We, we, we saw that with Osman Khawaja in, in that test series where he was very, very outspoken and he hasn't played a game since. Yeah, it's dangerous stuff, isn't it? It's dangerous mm. stuff to start start chatting away. Alrighty, and now the NFL, all the talk of COVID, the doom and the gloom and the dramas, of course, and, and this is very, very real, but there's no less anticipation for this Super Bowl on Monday. The ads are costing through the roof, and we thought we'd get Australian former NFL player, our man Colin Scott's on the line. Col, everyone's loving this, aren't they? The old bull and the young bull. So much anticipation. Really looking forward to it, Shane, Tim. It's, look, mate, I, I've been around a lot of Super Bowls, but yeah, like you say, this, is, this has got the most anticipation. I've never seen a reaction around Australia like it. Just everybody's bringing me up. Everybody everybody has a link to Brady, mate. He's been around 20 years, quarterback for, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and everybody remembers him with New England and you know, he's been the greatest for 20 years and now you're seeing the, the, the new age of, of Mahomes from, from Kansas City, which I believe will be the next great thing in, in the NFL. So you're looking at two of the greatest quarterbacks um, possibly to ever play the game and um, 
yeah, you know, it's just a great story with Brady going to a losing program and then bringing him to the Super Bowl. It's just magic. So much more to this than just football, isn't there? A 30-second ad, wait for it, costs $7.2 million Australian dollars. God, that's a lot of money. Yeah, they really, you know, unfortunately, we don't get the commercial breaks in Australia. You know, the American commercials, a lot of Americans watch it just for the commercials. It's just a... Uh, it's the biggest show in America. You know, no one knows how to put on a show better than the Americans. They've got at least 20,000 there in the crowd, so that'll be great. It'll create an atmosphere. But it's just America at its best. It's what they live for. And, and again, you know, having these two teams, these two quarterbacks, it just makes it so much um, more, more exciting. And um, I'm really looking forward to a great, great day. Hey, Cole, as you mentioned, with two great quarterbacks, are we expecting a high-scoring game here? Or what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think definitely a high-scoring game, which will make it entertaining. These guys like to pass. Mahomes is a great passer, and, and of course, you know, Brady's, you know, his record speaks for himself. And, and you know, like Brady, you know, and the Bucks have scored over 30 points in their last three yeah. playoff games. Well, so, look, you're going to get a lot of points. That's just, you know, the end of the day, mate. You know, they always say Super Bowl comes down to great defense, which Kansas City has the number one defense in the NFL, but... I just think there's going to be a lot of scoring, which is going to make it really exciting. Um, any other key players you think for the match on either side? Oh, definitely on Kansas City. You've got to look at Kelsey, the, the, the tight end, but he's usually like a wide receiver. You're looking at the greatest tight end, I believe, in the history of the NFL. Wow. And also Hill, number 10, Kansas City. He's like a short uh, wide receiver, but mate, he's, he's, he's scored over, you know, he's gained 245 yards in his last game. So against Tampa Bay. So the last time they played, which was a really close game, but uh, Kansas City won 27-24 over Tampa. But this Hill, number 10, he's a freak, the absolute freak. You've got to keep an eye on him. And, of right. course, for, for, uh, for Brady and, and, and on uh, the Buck side, you've got, to, you know, you've got to keep an eye on, you know, Gronowski and, and Miller. The, uh, their, their, their defensive uh, front on, on Tampa are unbelievable. You know, Barnett and Sue and Paul and, They've got two great linebackers in White and David. So they've got a great defense. Keep an eye on them. But again, I'm expecting a lot of points to be scored in a very entertaining game. Now let's get the Colin Scott's crystal ball out. Who is going to win? Will Tom Brady do it at the age of 43? He's made it very clear that he's going to keep on playing. Kansas City, man, I've got to be honest, mate. Yeah. Just the X factor of Mahomes that he yep. can do a little bit more at the end. It's going to come down to the quarterback. Which, which one's going to make that critical play to get that, you know, that fourth and one? And I really know, I really know that, that Mahomes will, he's just got that unpredictable X factor that'll gain that extra yard or he'll get that extra pass off. He's such an athlete with Tom Brady, God bless him, but he is pretty much a passing quarterback. He, you know, amazing. Mahomes is a running back in himself. And with that comes that extra threat to, to make that extra down that, that I think will make a difference. But gosh, in my heart, I really want Brady to win. I'd love to see him to win seven out of ten Super Bowls. Give me a break. Amazing. Now, the final question, this is the biggest question. How do you like your chicken wings? <laughs> as, hot as, as hot as I can handle it, but then I will regret it the next day, buddy. <laughs> uh, you're, a ge- you're a genius, mate. Well, mate, I love you for coming on the show, mate. You're a good man. You always have been. And um, let's catch up soon for a, for, a, for a beer and a chicken wing in person, mate. Yeah, good on you, Tony. And thanks very much, Tim. Hope we get a great game, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Michael Klinger. He's going to be coaching the New South Wales cricket team. It's a prime job in this game.
Well, one of the plum jobs in Australian cricket is New South Wales cricket coach, and the man that will be doing it going forward is Michael Klinger, and he joins us now. How are you, Michael? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Maxie, how are you, mate? Congratulations on the New South Wales uh, Blues coaching job, mate. Uh, you're about to coach, as we always say up here, the greatest state, county and province in the history of the game. Big expectations, mate. You looking forward to it? Yeah, it's, it's more a, a management role rather than, than coaching. It's um, obviously the, the head of cricket there, so uh, I'll be managing managing the, the New South Wales Blues set up and, and also their pathways and as well or the, the two big bash teams. So it's more, uh, I suppose, a, a management role with Greg Mayo to, to be able to you know, support the coaching staff and the playing group to give them every opportunity to succeed. Well, that's even bigger than the coaching job because it, it just goes to show how uh, domestic cricket has changed over the years. Now, it's not just one team that, that plays Sheffield Shield and one-day games and, say, 2020. You've got the you've got everything else that's going on. And I know yours is, the, is particularly the men's cricket. So you've got Thunder and Sixes as well. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it'd be great to be able to work with with Jakey, obviously, who's who's coaching the the senior team, but also um, you know that Nick Bills, who runs the pathway squads, and and the two big bash coaches going forward too. So, yeah, I'll certainly see my role as as just to be able to support all those programs, to be able to give them the resources, and and be able to help you know both the coaching staff and all the playing staff to have as much success as possible, and whether that's you know succeeding at New South Wales, but more importantly, hopefully, um, giving them the opportunity and, and all the, the programs to be able to move into the Australian levels as well. Maxie, is this, um, is this model happening across in, in other states, this whole sort of cricket manager who oversees the whole operation, or is it just New South Wales's um, initiative? Yeah, it, it happens in other states, but it's, um, it's set up differently in New South Wales. So uh, just for example, some states have a, a, a high, they call it a high performance manager, some call mm-hmm. it a general manager of cricket. It depends how you, you word it, I suppose. So the way it's set up at, um, at New South Wales, you've got Greg Mayo, who, Mayo, who's the head of cricket, and he's, um, he sort of looks over the whole process. And then you've got Leah Poulton, head of female cricket, and now myself, head of male cricket. So mm-hmm. Leah does all the, the female, um, you know, senior teams, pathways, big BBL, uh, WBBL teams, and I'll do all the men's teams. So gotcha. it's, um, it's especially myself and, and Greg working together, and then Leah and Greg work together on the, the women's side of things. It's an interesting reunion. I remember at Wild World of Sports Channel 9 years ago uh, in 1999, you and Greg were at the academy together. So 20, 20, what, 22 years later? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. We went to the academy, spent nine months together in Adelaide, um, then played a lot of cricket against each other uh, when I first started playing. For, for New South Wales, actually Shane, I think my, my debut in, against New South yeah. Wales, you played that game at the SCG, but um, yeah, and then played quite a bit against Greg Mayo, and then he went off and worked at Westpac, I think for ten years, and then he's obviously back at New South Wales now, um, you know, in, in that head of cricket role. So um, yeah, it'd be great to be able to work with him again. Um, you know, we we got along great back in 1999 when we were at the Cricket Academy and and kept in contact those first years anyway when we played against each other, and now to be able to reunite with him and, and work with him to all the common goal really to give New South Wales as I said the best chance of having success in teams but also setting the individuals up to have success as well yeah well uh, Timmy the boy, we're in good hands there mate two very well educated boys there so looking forward to some great results hey um just quickly Maxie what are your tips for the um the big bash final who's going to get through tonight do you think and who'll who'll win the Will the Sixers win the final? Yeah, I've got to be a little bit biased towards the Sixers now, I suppose. But yes, um, you do. Yeah, yeah we, I, I think per scorches, you know, it's it's nothing to do with me sort of being the, my old team. But 
when you look at them on paper, uh, you know, player for player, they're, they're very strong. Yeah, their top six is um, extremely strong and they got three or four strong quick bowlers, Farwad Ahmed as their leg spinner. So I think when they're playing anywhere near their best, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. So you know, if, if I had to choose one game for, for one winner for tonight, oh, I'd go for Scorchers and then Scorchers Sixers last game. I suppose it's a tough one, my old team Scorchers versus my new work at the Sixers. Mm. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, what what I do like about the the Sixers is they've got a lot of like match winners. So yeah. anyone on their day had Dan Christian having a fantastic season, James Vince in great form, Josh Philippi, you know I could I could name three or four others. So um, that's certainly advantage to them in finals. You only need a few of them to stand up to get over the line. It's been quite a nomadic existence the past few years for you, Michael. How 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 have you coped with it? And uh, of course, some challenges as well. Big challenges with um, the illness that y- your wife Cindy had, and with three kids traveling around Australia that there's been a bit on yeah it has so we, we moved back from Perth uh, about 18 months ago uh, after having four, you know, five and a half years there um, back in Melbourne obviously moved into the role with the, the coaching the Melbourne Renegades um, always had a, a management background so I, I completed a master's in business and sport management over my years of playing and did some work in Perth at um, at WACE at the WA Institute of Sport there once I finished finished playing so that was always in my mind of um, possibly moving to that area at some stage uh, from coaching. Um, but, my, yeah, my family's uh, doing great here in Melbourne. They're, you know, my wife's in, in good health at the moment, which is great news. She's, you know, she, she had a, a tough period, no doubt, for, for a couple of years there. But, um, you know, everyone got behind her and she's doing really well. Great. Right. So now, now it's about, um, you know, I'm obviously moving over to, to Sydney in a, in a week and a half. I think it's happened really quick. So initially my family will, will sort of stay here because the school's already started here first term and then we'll work through that over the coming months, how we're going to make it all work. Hey, Maxie, there's a bit, bit of press coming out of the Australian changer at the moment with, uh, you know, is Justin Langer being too grumpy, cranky? Was he coaching at the Scorchers when you were playing there? Yeah, he was my coach for, you know, for the whole period of my um, WA uh, for four or five years and then the Scorchers, uh, Adam Vodas took over the last year of my Scorchers, so... Yeah, and how and how do you how do you find Justin? Because he's he, he can be prickly, but he's a, he's a tough guy, isn't he? Yeah, oh, to be honest, I could I couldn't speak more highly of him. For me, um, you know, first of all, to encourage me to come over to WA, um, there's no doubt he has a hard edge to him, and and mm. but that's one of his strengths. I think he, you know, he's a he's a disciplinarian, but at the same time, you won't find a more caring person. Um, uh, you know, for, as you mentioned before, from my own experience, when when my wife wasn't well, um, well. He just came up to me straight away and said, I don't want to see you here. You go off and do what you have to do. Well, and pretty okay. much when you're ready to come back, come back. And, and that, that's just one example. So I think there's very much two sides of him. You see the, the, the hard-nosed disciplinary, disciplinarian who just, who's very competitive, which is a, is a pretty good thing in a coach or a player. Yeah. But he's, definitely got that, he's definitely got that caring side to him, which I think balances it out. Michael, how do we get the balance right in cricket? Um, you guys, uh, both you and Shane, played at the highest level. I never did, but I've always been a lover and a coverer of the game. And we're just not getting enough first-class cricket through the summer. Uh, how, do we, how do we get that balance right? Yeah, I, I think this year's a, is, is an exception. So I, I wouldn't probably classify this year just with the whole COVID situation and, and that. But in a normal year, you've obviously got that big break, break over the test series for the big bash. Um, that's not, I can't see that changing in the near future because I've obviously done the TV rights um, for a certain amount of years. So the only, the only see, 
the only way I could see that changing potentially is when the new TV rights are up for grabs is to, pen- to potentially make it a shorter tournament again. You know, that's, that's going to potentially, you know, lose money from Cricket Australia, which then filters down to the States um, by having a shorter tournament. So it's, it's a whole, it's very easy for people just to say, make the tournament shorter, but you've got to look at the, the impact that has on the rest of the game as well. But um, if, if you look at it like that, you can't really see it changing until those TV rights are, are over. Uh, but yeah, I, it would be a, a better situation for Australian cricket in developing test players, no doubt, if that period was short and you can have a bit more red ball cricket um, around the Australian test summer. Hey, Maxie, you spent some time opening the batting um, as well as batting in the middle order, but opening the batting. Um, if everyone's fit, who, who are you picking to open uh, for the Australian test team? Oh, if everyone's fit, I'd go probably what they were, without knowing exactly, but probably what they were going to go at the start of the series and go Warner and Pekowski. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I'd yeah. probably, I mean, I think sometimes left right combination is overrated, but I just say they're the two best. You've got Warner, who's a, a stalwart who, you know, can win your games. And you've got Pekowski, who's going to be um, a 10-year-plus player for, for Australian cricket. So I'd probably go for them. Finally, Michael, after doing all the studies, and, and Greg, I know, as Shane alluded to, Greg Mayle done a lot of study. Working in the game, um, it must be really making you guys enjoy your life pretty much because you've you played it and now you're working it and you've got the opportunity to make it better. Yeah, and one of the biggest, you know, things that attracted me to, to this role uh, once Greg spoke to me about it was I'm actually, you know, contributing to, to Australian cricket 12 months of the year. The last couple of years of in the, my role with the Renegades, it's really only been a two and a half, three months contract, even though you work a lot more than that, trying to set up lists and, and recruiting, you know, in, in the off season. But, you know, to be able to um, contribute to New South Wales cricket for you know, 12 months of the year and then invertedly, you know, helping Australian cricket by doing that. That was something that I really was, um, that interested me and, and really attracted me to the role. Well, Maxie, thanks for coming on the show. I think you're going to do a fantastic job at the Blues. Um, we'll be watching uh, with, with an eager eye and, um, mate, we'll chat throughout the, uh, the course of probably next summer, mate. Thanks again. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, one of my favourite cities in the world, Adelaide. Vibrant Adelaide. So much sport. We had Origin last year, the Festival of Cycling, just a couple of weeks ago on the day on the drive. It is time to talk to Hitaf Rashid, the General Manager of Events of South Australia. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com All right, this is Afternoon Sport. It is time to head to the beautiful city of Adelaide, vibrant Adelaide, and talk to the boss of Events South Australia, Hataf Rashid. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hataf, um, it wasn't the tour down under, but the the Festival of Cycling was great, wasn't it? Yeah, look, we're really happy with how it went. Cycling has always lived in Adelaide in January and we wanted it to live again and we couldn't have the Santos Tour down under as we traditionally would with World Tour, but we're really thrilled with how Santos Festival of Cycling, the domestic cycling festival, came off. Yeah, that is fantastic, isn't it? Because it maintains the momentum. I know it can't be what it has always been. Hopefully next year with with vaccinations and the world wobbling back into shape, it will, but with no international cyclists. But there were some things that looked similar, uh, weren't there, like with Richie Port going up Wollonga Hill? Yeah, that was pretty thrilling, and you've seen it before, Tim, live, and 
it gave me shivers to see him come around the corner with Luke Platt with him and for Luke Platt to clap him across the line. You know, it was one of those great moments actually that I'll always remember and it was, um, you know, we did have lots of great moments on the road with the likes of Richie, with Luke Durbridge and a couple of 20-year-olds, Luke Plath and Sarah Gigante. And who, who are the big stars that, that sort of have come through this uh, this initiative? Yeah, well, I think um, for me, we had 17 World Tour riders at the Santos Festival Cycling, so there was a strong field. Um, mm. We saw Luke Durbridge take four minutes um, lead on the first day and he kept that all the way through. But, you know... I think the two 20-year-olds were most exciting for me. I think Luke Plapp on the men's and I think Sarah Gigante, who ended up taking out the women's, were two 20-year-old Australians who looked to me, and I'm no expert, to have a really great future and I'll be excited to watch their future and, and uh, both great kids as well. Yeah, absolute talent there. And now, how well was it patronised by uh, the locals? Yeah, we had, um, it was COVID times. We had a COVID management plan in place. We actually designed our course to restrict access to starts and finishes, which are usually the most um, popular parts of the race. And so, you know, we had um, numbers and people had to scan in to come into starts and finishes or book a ticket for those. So, look, we were happy with it. We did have really hot weather. I think we had a 37, 38, 39 and 41 degree days across the four days of road racing. And, and then, of course, we had the other disciplines as well. So, you know, we were really proud that the Festival of Cycling not only had road racing with the NRS but also track, BMX, cyclocross, mountain biking and then paracycling um, across some of the disciplines, both road and track. Taff, in, um, in, in an absolute coup for, for South Australia, uh, you, you actually picked up the state of origin last year, which was great. Yeah, uh, it was really fun. I mean, we had to have it, you know, we didn't have it in the June time slot that we originally planned, but certainly at the um, back end of the year, first time it's ever been held after the year to have State of Origin come here, we only had 50% crowds as well, but it was a great buzz. Look, you know, we were really excited about having it all in it, full glory with both teams training here with access to you know our fans and South Australians etc we didn't get that but it was exciting to have state of origin here for the first time and uh, you know we certainly hope it won't be the last. Adelaide is a bit of a second home to me having spent so much time working there in and around the Santos Tour down under and cricket and other sports And, and, and there's nothing quite like Adelaide South Australian sports fans are there, tough right down to the fact that the two football teams absolutely hate each other. <laughs> Tim, you've definitely been part of our Santos Tour Down Under family and we love you. So, um, And it's nice that you say that about Adelaide. Uh, it is a great city. It's a great sporting city. We love our sport and it's a great event city. We're really compact. So when something comes to town, you know, it takes over the city. And, you know, that's what I love about being in Adelaide and you're very right about the two AFL clubs. I was blessed to work at one of them, the fairer one, for 10 years. Port. Port Adelaide, of course. And uh, we don't like each other. And I think that's good. I think it's hopefully it's respectful. That's the only thing I'd say. I love sporting rivalry as long as it's respectful and there's good banter and, and you know, most of the time it's that way. So you'd be enjoying uh, the Crows form at the moment, wouldn't you, Taff? 
Yeah, I'm shattered for them. <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. You know, and exactly. It's all fair in love and war. And, and look, Roger Rashid obviously is your brother. He'd be firing up now for the Australian Open, getting ready. Yeah, we're really excited, actually. We've had uh, six of the players quarantining here in Adelaide, you know, with Nadal and Djokovic and Dominic Team and Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams and one other, Simona Halep. So, you know, it's great that sport's happening in Australia. It's great that tennis is happening. And, you know, Tennis Australia have moved heaven and earth to get the Open to happen. I hope it's successful for them. Taff, you'll have to keep an eye on Ash Barty for us and let us know what her form's like leading into the, uh, to the Australian Open. Yeah, I definitely will. She's a superstar, isn't she, and a super person. And um, it'd be great to see her take out the Open. Yeah, and hopefully she'll have her masks in her pocket when she goes into Coles. I did feel for her because I did exactly (laughs) the same thing yesterday. All right, Hataf, so good to talk to you. Uh, Let's hope that the Santos Tour Down Under will be back in its normal position next year uh, as the start of the UCI World Tour. Thanks so much for talking with me, and we hope so. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Big thank you today, Colin Scotts, Michael Klinger and Hitaf Rashid. Thank you also, Shane, to our sponsors and they are fantastic. They are, mate. SpartanSportsHQ.com And and of course, Dan McHugh, his ability is as big as his heart. He's our producer. See you tomorrow. See you then, guys.